All right. We know Richard Zussman is up and about this morning because my timeline on social media had a whole bunch of stuff from Syracuse University in it. That means that Richard's up. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. There was just one. It was one retweet. <laughs> but I know when it shows up, early. I'm like, oh, Richard's up. Richard's up because what's going on with Syracuse today? Yeah, they're playing a big basketball game against Virginia. ACC championship. It's the quarterfinals. It looks like with a victory yesterday over North Carolina State, Syracuse will be in the NCAA tournament, Ooh. which is good. It hasn't been a great few years for Syracuse no. basketball. So I'm optimistic they'll be in, but they will for sure get in if they beat Virginia today. So I'm I'm hoping for that. Well, I keep my fingers crossed for you. I have a soft spot for Syracuse myself, so... Excellent. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. It's an Carmelo Anthony, right? An excellent university. Carmelo Anthony. It's my son's favorite player. Went to Syracuse. So yes, all good things for Syracuse. I also went to Syracuse. Like Carmelo I know. Anthony. I, well, okay. So number two, right behind Carmelo Anthony, my second favorite <laughs> alum from that university. <laughs> Let's talk about what's going on here at home. We just talked to uh, Adrian Dix about the rough start this week uh, to the vaccinations, but it sounds like they've got things under control and moving along now. It does. And uh, starting at noon today, uh, more uh, British Columbians will be eligible to call in and register. And, you know, this has been a substantial turnaround. I think there's still uh, some work that needs to be done to restore confidence. Like you and I talked about on Tuesday, what happened on Monday was a complete and total disaster. And after having... A lot of time to plan. Uh, the rollout of the registration system over the phone went as poorly as it possibly could have. And it was very frustrating for a lot of people. You know, I spoke to a lot of people trying to get through on the phone lines. Uh, and this was like they were going through that tunnel, looking for the light at the end of it. And a big brick wall was dropped in front of them before they could get to that light. And and yes, they're through it now if they were able to get their reservation uh, for the appointment, but it still was hugely frustrating. So, you know, TELUS stepped up after the province put substantial pressure on them to fix the problem. They put additional resources on it. So now it's just about assuring that everything else goes well. We're not totally through the thick of it like i think the phone line system is probably going to be okay over the next few weeks but then we move to a new online system that has never been tested we haven't seen it we have no idea how it works and that's going to be rolled out for the general population to register for appointments and that's going to lead to questions as well we've seen online systems in this province crash many times no kidding uh, including when people try to get campsites so think about trying to get a vaccine uh, and we'll see how that system holds up right we heard this morning that that's going to be when they hit the 75 year old cohorts that's when they're going to roll out so within the next couple weeks and Again, more, you know, stress about that. Then there's the AstraZeneca situation, which we also asked about this morning, uh, because, you know, we're hearing there's some international, some concerns, some countries have concerns about the AstraZeneca vaccine. Yeah, Denmark has put a temporary pause on AstraZeneca over concerns about the vaccine. You know, there should be, the international community is still confident in the efficacy of AstraZeneca. Yeah, very much so. And the vaccine is now here in British Columbia. The, the larger concern for people here are, are twofold. First, we have tens of thousands of doses that are now arriving, and a lot of it expires on April 2nd. And we have no public plan yet available for exactly how that is going to be distributed. So that's concerning. And part of that also is who is going to get it. And we know that essential workers are going to get it. 
uh, in a large part, but which essential workers? I think pro- we've heard enough from Dr. Bonnie Henry that we can assume that those that work in processing facilities yes. will be high up on the list, especially those in processing facilities where the community has spread of COVID-19. So that will be the first part. But then the next part of this is, who's next? Is it going to be bus drivers? Is it going to be police officers? Is it going to be like child care workers, workers, teachers? Yeah. List off the workers that have got us through this pandemic, who can't work from home, uh, who in many cases have jobs where uh, physical distancing and other COVID uh, guidelines are hard to follow. And all of those organizations have said, well, our members, you know, our community wants to get this vaccine. And that's going to be a real challenge for the province of how they do that. The other provinces, Ontario, starting tomorrow, will be vaccinating with AstraZeneca but they're doing it based on age. So they're doing the 60 to 65 cohort. We'll be getting AstraZeneca starting tomorrow, hundreds of thousands of doses. The other thing they're doing in Ontario that they haven't figured out here yet are using pharmacies. They're doing pilot projects in Toronto and Kingston and Windsor. That starts tomorrow. Here, pharmacists are saying, we're ready to help. We helped with the flu vaccine. We can do it here. And they're raising their hand and saying, we're ready as soon as possible. And they still have no word yet on when the province are going to use them. They've been told they will use them. But uh, it could be a long time before pharmacists are used. And all those things are just like, we want answers to this. We want to know how this is going to work. Yes, we trust the government is going to implement this, but there's a lot of unknowns in a crucial part of our vaccination plan. Yeah, and so they're, they're talking about like next week, and now you're getting up against the deadline for when the doses are going to expire, right? Because a lot of them have that early expiration. Yeah, so next Thursday is when it sounds like we'll find out the list of the priorities. A lot of that expire, soon to expire vaccine may be used in these community clusters uh, as well as the processing plants. Right. We just don't know the breakdown. And and I asked Minister Dix briefly about this yesterday as well. And, and it's just, you know, we just don't get a whole lot of details on the specifics of how much dosage and where is it going to go. And, this, you know, we, we have a briefing coming up. I'm sure you and the minister spent a lot of time talking about that. We have a briefing yeah. coming up at one o'clock today. But the reality is it's going to be all focused on modeling and spring break and less on getting sort of specifics about well, where we're getting this vaccine and how it's going to be done. So well, we're going to wait and see. And, and you know, benefit of the doubt here that, that the dosages will come and we'll be able to distribute them and there won't be any wasted AstraZeneca but it really feels like it's getting tight uh, when we know how challenging, you know, really at the beginning here, how challenging this can be, just getting the infrastructure in place to, to put the jab in people's arms. Right. We should talk about spring break, as you mentioned there as well, because we did talk about that with the health minister. And he sounds very much, Richard, and this kind of concerns me. He said, you know, it's been a bad year. March is going to be a bad month, too, for COVID-19 numbers. Like, they clearly expect to see some problems with the numbers. Yeah, and and I expect to see them too. And I cannot square how Dr. Henry will present the modeling today, show us that graphic that if we increase our activities, there could be explosive growth, while also on the other side saying, well, we hope to have people in churches by Easter. Like, Easter's a few weeks, and and I'm I'm not singling out churches, because there's other parts of that she has mentioned she wants to ease by early April as well. Uh, yeah. Youth sport. She wants to have people gathering outside again. 
we know all these things are important. People want all of these things. They want to be back together. But we've made this commitment for three months now not to have events, not to have social gatherings, because we believe it was the right way to cut down on the spread of the virus. And the reality is those measures did not work as well as people had hoped. We still have high, high case counts. We still have high hospitalizations. The great news is because of the vaccine, we have low death numbers now. That is great news. But let's look at these numbers today and see. And then with spring break coming up, there are still people telling me, and I'm sure they're telling you, Simi, that you know they're going to go on holiday and they're going to spend some time away from home and they want clarity from provincial health about specifically what is the guidance on what they can do. We know there's not going to be any travel restrictions. That that conversation came and went. But the next step is going to be recommendations. And will people follow when Dr. Henry says, stay close, stay small, stay local, when sometimes those words are hard to understand? Yeah. What's, what's local in Metro Vancouver when Whistler's just a few hours away? Is staying at a hotel at Whistler or a cabin or visiting a friend there, is that local? Like these are things that people are grappling with and struggling with. And it's it's becoming harder as we keep hearing this light is the end of the tunnel. We're going to get back to normal. We know how important gathering is. It's hard to, you know, resist what's going to be a few weeks because as, as you know, having children, and I know having children, having your kids cooped up in the house for two weeks while also working uh, is going to be difficult. <laughs> so no kidding, people, right? <laughs> parents are going to struggle through that too. <laughs> they certainly are. And they've suffered enough, I think, over the past year. So I, I do get a little worried about this mixed message too, because people only hear about, like what you said, oh, you know, church services and things loosening up and they their mind just goes to, I'm doing it now. And not like we still have to be good for a couple of weeks. He said that today. He said that just like a little while ago with us. But I wonder how many people have tuned that out. A lot. And I think it's natural. And I think provincial health is doing its best to communicate a message. And and this is why they do modeling. There'll be numbers, as you alluded to, that are not going to be great today in terms of potential spread of the virus. But people have a really hard time visualizing what that means. And they can visualize a return to normalcy. And people are desperate for it. And, And I... You know, we've talked about this, you and I, for weeks. Like, I thought it was a bit premature when Dr. Henry and even Premier Horgan started talking about, you know, we're by by April, yeah. it's, we're going to start easing some things and getting back. And that may be the case. But why not just make that a surprise when it came? And, and you know, by, by saying it now, right? I think people heard, well, I can do it now. Exactly. And, and people are making those decisions. That's exactly what I thought, too. All right, Richard, thank you. Surprises are nice in life sometimes. Sometimes. Go Syracuse. Yes, go Syracuse is right. Thank you, Richard. That's our Richard Zussman. You'll hear more from him later today with the briefing coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon. That will be live on The Jill Bennett Show as well.